Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome everybody. Okay, this week we're going to be talking about panic attacks and why we get them and how to solve them. You know, panic attacks are devastating. When people get these, they they are in total fight or flight mode, they're total fear. They're paralyzed by the feeling that they're having. Uh, many times they attribute it to medical symptoms and end up in the emergency room or in some scenario where they, they uh, find themselves in an ambulance or whatever, and then nobody can find anything and they just feel like they're crazy. But panic attacks are very real. Almost 6 million Americans in a year experience panic attacks, and that's reported. That There's also an enormous amount of people that don't report uh, panic attacks, that they experience them and they move through them fairly quickly. Some people, it takes months, if not weeks, if not months, uh, to get through them. And uh, sometimes they don't go away. They come in waves. And they get triggered by events, especially when other people are around, because nobody wants to experience a panic attack and have other people witness it because they already feel vulnerable themselves. But not only just do they feel vulnerable, now they see that everyone is seeing them as vulnerable. So it's it's a very difficult process. And psychologically, it can be very devastating. The other thing is it is often accompanied by a dual diagnosis of either depression or anxiety that the person already has. And then the panic attack is a derivative of that diagnosis. And it moves into uh, the panic attack mode. And then you have either depression and anxiety and the panic attacks or uh, you you simply have the, the, the depression and anxiety and every once in a while something triggers. You know, panic attacks are also very traumatic and uh, they can actually cause PTSD or come from PTSD and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But what is a panic attack? Well, you know, it, it is a sudden surge of overwhelming fear that it, and it comes without warning and without any reason, any obvious reason at least, and it's far more intense than the feeling of being stressed out that most people experience. And symptoms of a panic attack are are very common. Uh, Racing heartbeat, uh, difficult breathing, feeling as though you can't get enough air, uh, terror that it's almost paralyzing. I mean, your body literally shuts down. And, uh, you know, lightheadedness, dizziness, nausea, terror that is paralyzing, trembling, sweating, shaking, choking, chest pains, hot flashes, sudden chills, tingling in the fingers and toes, which you would attribute to something called pins and needles. And, And also the fear that you're going to go crazy or are about to die. And you probably... Uh, recognize in some degree that it's a fight or flight response that we all experience when we are in a situation of danger. However, but during the panic attack, these symptoms seem to arise from nowhere at all. And they occur in seemingly harmless situations and they can even happen to you while you're asleep. And, and in addition to the symptoms, a panic attack is, is has other conditions. It occurs suddenly without any warning, without any way to stop it. 
the level of fear is way out of proportion to the situation that you're actually in. And often, it's completely unrelated. It, uh, sometimes it passes in a few minutes because the body really can't sustain that energy from a fight-or-flight response for, for very long. However, the attacks come repeatedly, and then they continue to occur after, for, for hours after. And that happens with many people. It's not dangerous, though, and that's what's really weird, but it's terrifying. And it, and it largely because it feels like you are just crazy. Your life is just suddenly, purposely, unavoidably out of control. And it's, be, it's frightening because the panic attacks associated with that uh, feeling uh, often leads to other complications. And then it develops into phobias and depression and uh, social anxiety and substance abuse, medical complications, and even suicide sometimes. And it affects, it can range from, you know, mild to very uh, strong social impairment to a total inability to face the outside world whatsoever. And, and the phobias that people with panic disorder develop don't come from fears of actual objects or events. They come from fear of having another attack. And so th these people will avoid certain objects and situations because they fear that they're going to have another attack. And that's their whole focus of their life. And they hate that. They hate that because they always feel like they are vulnerable. They always feel like they have to be defensive. They always feel like they have to be safe. Therefore, their decision making becomes fear based rather than faith-based, which means we're going to take a chance. And so their life becomes very self-contained within the world of their fear and what the fear dictates. And, you know, it's amazing, but you have to jump into the world of faith to be able to move through uh, 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 panic disorders because you cannot live your life in fear. And so people with panic attacks, if they can accept them to some degree that they may happen, and just keep chugging along and moving through life and stop overthinking whether they're going to have one or not, what happens is the propensity for the panic attack is to go away or go down because now they're beginning to live a faith-based life, meaning they're going to take chances where they don't know exactly what the outcomes are going to be. Um, you know, this sudden rush of fear and anxiety seems to, to come out of nowhere. And it, it becomes physical and it also becomes psychological. And so, the, you know, what's amazing is the fear is unrealistic and completely out of proportion to the events or circumstances that attack, uh, that trigger a panic attack. And anyone, anyone in this world can have a single panic attack, but frequently and ongoing episodes may be a sign that, that requires treatment because there is likely a dual diagnosis involved in there. So, once again, symptoms, fast breathing, severe perspiration, trembling, nausea, dizziness, numbness, tingling, chills, sensation of heat, and then an increased heart rate. But, and the big thing is extreme fear, that there may be feelings of disconnect from, the, from yourself, completely disconnected from who you are, a loss of control of the imminent danger, strong desire to flee or avoid any situation. And they often resemble the symptoms of a heart attack and uh, respiratory disorder. And they, they 
also are accompanied by a fear of dying. And why am I dying? Do I have some major uh, life event going on in my body, a disease or something that maybe going is going to kill me? And so a lot of these people begin to ruminate and become hypochondriacs because they are so focused on their body and trying to find out the why this thing is happening. So let's look into some of the cause. You know, the cause is unknown, but there's a lot of theories, uh, including... There may be a chemical imbalance in the brain or a, or a genetic predisposition, and they can be triggered by a variety of conditions and situations, including the, president, the presence of a mood disorder, obviously, such as anxiety or depression, but also the extreme stress over a long period of time uh, can exacerbate the anxiety and move it into that genetic predisposition and push it into a panic attack. And so uh, also... A big uh, correlation to panic attacks is heart, respiratory, but especially thyroid conditions. Overuse of uh, alcohol, nicotine, and caffeine can also do that, but uh, and also uh, recreational drugs can do that. So, but frequent uh, panic attacks generally indicate a panic disorder. And panic attacks that occur while an individual is sleeping cause them to wake up suddenly with feelings of fear and dread. So, you know, adolescents and young adults who have panic attacks, they often have mental health issues or, or, or are at a significant risk of developing other issues such as um, obsessive compulsive disorder so they can develop rituals throughout their day so they can somehow feel in control of their day. So they develop rituals and obsessions that make up their day so that will get them through their day. Also, uh, mood disorders, eating disorders, and problems with substance abuse are often the cause. But the big thing is, if you look from a medical perspective, thyroid plays a big role, plays a big role. Now, treatments, you know, the first thing is medical. When a person has panic attacks, you want to go see a doctor. You want to get checked out. You want to find out what's going on with your body, get the blood taken, do the scans, do whatever they have to do, because you really want to find out, do you have a medical issue? And, and once you get a medical uh, 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 result that basically says, hey, you're okay, this must be a, a anxiety and depression based, now we have a problem we can control because anxiety and depression are two of the most solvable issues in the world. And so we have to make lifestyle changes if we're going to treat a panic attack, like uh, trying to avoid events and settings where symptoms are more likely to occur is unfortunately, this can lead them to develop a specific phobia. So like agoraphobia, where you stay inside all the time or avoid numerous social situations for fear of triggering the panic attack. So one of the treatments that's very effective is cognitive behavioral therapy that can help change the way you think. Uh, also, the behavioral aspect is is a step-by-step -step process where you gradually uh, move yourself into experiences that you're afraid of and recognize that you're not always going to have a panic attack. Also, uh, learning to do deep breathing, meditation, yoga, prayer, massage, uh, guided imagery. You know, if you're in a church, get get a get a get into a group where you're with people who can comfort you and support you. Uh, also, progressive muscle relaxation is a good thing to help you reduce anxiety and stress because that tells you you have some control over your body. And uh, but antidepressants and anti-anxiety uh, medications are also used uh, to look at the symptoms. So, you know. 
once again, if we look at causes, there may be a genetic predisposition to anxiety disorders. Some sufferers say that a family member has had it in their past or some other emotional disorder such as depression. And uh, studies with twins have actually been used that show that there is some genetic inheritance of the disorder. Uh, it, but the big deal is panic disorder could also be uh, a biological malfunction like the thyroid or like the heart or, or, or like you having some type of respiratory issue. But the, the amazing thing is all ethnic groups around the world are vulnerable to panic disorder. For unknown reasons, women are twice as likely to get the disorder as to men. And once again, we're looking at the known uh, uh, diagnosis of panic disorder in about 6 million people. That's about 2% of the U.S. population. I would suggest to you that over 10% have experienced some type of panic attack in their life because depression and anxiety come and go. And depending on the stresses and the longevities of the stresses in your life, those things can come about uh, through those events rather than uh, uh, being something that you live with your whole life. Also, in your mind, you know, stress can trigger the panic attacks. One association has been noted that that uh, uh, like a recent loss or a separation uh, might be a, a big thing or a life stressor is like a, a thermostat and it stresses uh, low. The, if you have a low resistance to stress, you have a high uh, disposition for a panic attack and, and both physical and psychological uh, work together with panic attacks. And, and although initially the attacks may come out of the blue, eventually you may actually uh, help bring them on by responding to the f- physical symptoms of the attack by trying to control it. The biggest deal is is accepting it and living with it and walking with it so that it calms down because the more you respond to it, the more you try to control it, the worse the outcome gets. So if a person with a panic attack or a panic disorder gets a racing heartbeat, may be caused by caffeine or exercising or taking a medication, or maybe they have some kind of a symptom or maybe they have some kind of a disorder that the anxiety uh, causes, the biggest deal is is they want to have the precipitor, the, 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 the remedy to those things. And so, you know... When we have these triggers, we want to be aware of the triggers, like like coffee. Coffee can be a big thing. You know, caffeine can light people up. Um, it's 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 a stimulant, and so the brain gets stimulated by the coffee, and it also drives into a level of stress because now you're getting a little bit above your energy, your normal energy, and yet the caffeine is driving you, and so you have a harder time relaxing. And so people with a panic disorder, if they're drinking uh, taking a stimulant such as a Red Bull or, or whatever, um, they're going to find themselves having a really hard time calming down. That is not the kind of drinks you want to have in your life, caffeine at all, if you have panic attacks, especially if you have uh, panic disorder. So once again, you know, we want to not avoid, we don't want to avoid panic attacks. We want to go head on into them. And we want to face them. And that is the biggest deal. Now, when do you want to see a doctor? If you have panic symptoms, you want to seek medical help once again as soon as possible. But panic attacks, while intensely uncomfortable, once again, they're not dangerous. But they're hard to manage on your own and they may get worse without treatment. So the best thing is to have an empathetic person to talk to. 
somebody you can call right away, somebody you can reach to right away who will provide you empathy and understanding so that you can begin to feel safe and feel comfortable and feel taken care of because that person is going to be your safety net. That's going to be the person that helps you calm down and bring you to a different place that it's outside of fight or flight. So, you know, uh, people also that have heart attacks, it is it is a big deal that when they feel like and if they have heart disease and they have panic attacks, that is like a walking time bomb. And so, you know, we have to understand that if a person has those two types of symptoms, heart disease and panic disorder, you need to learn how to meditate, pray. You need to how to get comfort. You need to know how to get your body back down. You need to know the things that soothe you. You know, service animals can provide you great, enormous amounts of energy and comfort. Um, you got to make changes in the way you think also. You can't walk around in fear that you're going to die of a heart attack because you're going to have a panic disorder or you're going to have a panic attack. That's not going to help you. You know, this is something that we really have to take in mind. Let's figure out what gets our body out of control. What are the things that we take in in our diet that don't help us, that stimulate us and get us to a place that's outside of us, including alcohol, including drugs and all that kind of stuff. And then we have to make sure that we're exercising and taking care of ourselves and doing everything we can because that's all you can do. You can't control everything that goes on in your body and in your life. So let's go back. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about causes. We're going to talk a little bit more about treatment. And then we're going to move into the differences of women and men and heart attacks and all that kind of stuff. We're going to talk about panic disorder, panic attacks. Come back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? 
If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Redson. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about panic disorders and panic attacks and how paralyzing these things are. What what in the world can you do about them? Um, you know, a, a big uh, audience of panic disorder, people that really get a lot of it, is college students. Um you know, the college students are in a very vulnerable position because they're having to create a career or a direction in their life that is going to turn into a career where they're going to have to make their own money, pay their tuition, pay their college off, all that good stuff, all of a sudden have bills. But many times they don't know who they are or where they're going or what they want. And so what happens is they begin to get towards the uh, the, the stronger part of their college where they're having to focus and yet they can't focus, and then they have this long stress of what am I going to do when I graduate? How is this all going to work out? And they get paralyzed by that. And panic disorder can be very common in people in their late teens, early 20s, just because of the life condition that they're in. They don't know what to do. And they've left the nest. Now they've left where they're comfortable. Even if it was unhealthy in the homes that they were in, they still have a hard time adjusting because Um, They're not comfortable being alone. And when you're at college, and especially if you don't have good social skills, you can find yourself being very lonely. Um, And so they tend to have a lot of stressors if they don't have good social skills. And if they have a panic attack or a panic disorder, all of a sudden they have complications that that help them uh, basically turn them into people that want to avoid being around other people. And God forbid they live in a, a dorm or something like that. And they have other friends, and all of a sudden, they become very flaky friends because they can't go out. They, they're too embarrassed to talk about the panic attacks. Uh, 
They also can't concentrate. So their school is, is, it goes down and they have developments of phobias, uh, a fear of a class, a fear of leaving home, but they can't explain it. They can't explain it. And so a lot of time just goes by in their brain where time is all about just staying where they are and being safe. And unfortunately, they don't move on into life. Now, I'm not just talking about these young people, but I'm also talking about anybody that experiences the panic attacks, panic disorders. But I'm just trying to bring up that there is a big uh, amount of people that are young that go through this enormous disorder. Um, But once again, primarily, the most people, anybody that's got what's called a panic disorder, where it just happens and happens and happens uh, periodically through life or, you know, frequently through life, they also have depression and anxiety, and they may have other psychiatric disorders like OCD and other things. Sometimes they turn to substance or alcohol just to deal with the fact that they don't know what's happening to them. They're too embarrassed to talk about it. Nobody has a medical diagnosis, so they turn to alcohol or a substance to be able to self-soothe themselves. Many times, these people have financial problems because they can't function. They just can't function because of the fear of the disorder. The fear of the disorder, not the fear of events, not the fear of people, the fear of the disorder and people's reaction to the disorder. You know, um, most of these folks form some form of agoraphobia, agoraphobia, where they, they avoid places and situations that cause them anxiety because they fear being unable to escape or get help if they have a panic attack. And then you become reliant on others to be with you in order to leave your home. And that can be a great burden to people that are functioning and that have to get a job and that have to do things to make money in order to have their life. And so that can be a very strong point of anxiety because nobody really understands how this person formed a panic disorder and are they doing it on purpose? You know, why aren't they fixing it? I mean, there's a lot of victim uh, shaming of people that are that kind of people. But the deal, the deal is there are genetics behind it and you cannot help that. And what you can help is to move through it and learn how to cope with it. You know, the biggest thing is a person that is experiencing a panic disorder, you want to get treatment for panic attacks as soon as possible. And that means mental health. That means medical health. You want to stick with the treatment plan that works. If there's a treatment plan that works, stick with it. And you also want to get regular physical activity. And the biggest things that I'd recommend to people that have these kind of disorders, get into a meditation, a yoga or a prayer. Get into a prayer group or into prayer, whatever you can do, because that state of mind helps you control all of the effects of the panic disorder. They teach you to be mindful of your body and to be able to teach you to control the things you can't control, the things in your body you can control because your brain runs a show. If you can get control of your brain, you can get control of your body. You know, a a pounding heart, weak legs, weak and trembling, a a tight throat, lightheadedness, fears of a heart attack, that you're going crazy. You know, these are all things that make you feel like you hate yourself for foolishly worrying about the feelings, which, uh, you know, your physician or the ER said was nothing. But it is the hallmark of a panic attack. And and so, you you know, you have to ask yourself, am I going to remain at the mercy of this thing coming out of the blue? Well, absolutely not. You know, men and women have been helped with the disorder. 
You know, if you've never experienced a panic attack, it usually begins with an unexpected physical discomfort, such as a chest pressure, pain, rapid heartbeat, dizziness, weakness, shaking, uh, jitters, feeling uh, vague, unsettling, or feeling weird or out-of-body experience. And it often occurs with no medically detectable reason, but but being human with imperfectly functioning uh, uh, physiologies, we're all vulnerable to big uh, physical symptoms. Now, all these physical symptoms come from soft organs. Soft organs are blood driving into those organs. They rely on blood. And so when panic attack happens, blood pressure goes up and the engine revs way up to 100, 200 miles an hour, and your body may not be built for that. And so the biggest deal is if you're not taking care of your body, it's not going to respond well to a panic attack. So you want to be able to have exercise so that your body learns how to control the blood going through it. And it gives it strong muscles to deal with that because that will offset some of the symptoms of the, the panic attacks or the panic disorder. You know, uh, anxiety-prone people, they, they create a lot of uh, overthinking, a lot of feelings of fright, of panic, hysteria, and depression. Well, all those are emotions, and emotions are not meant to stay with you. Emotions can only last about three minutes unless you're going to ask yourself why you have the emotion. If you keep feeding the emotion with why this is happening and not getting the right answers and just keep going and ruminating over the same things over and over and over, all of that overthinking is going to drive you into more panic attacks. And so what you have to do is figure out how to be healthy. How can I be healthy? How can I do this in a healthy way? How can I respond to this? Well, that means you acknowledge the fact that you have it. You let yourself move through it, and then you gain back control of yourself. So you focus on your internal rather than your external. You focus on your brain, how to calm your brain down, you know, doing visualizations of places that calm you, you know, finding a different stimulation, uh, you know, via Xbox, via Facebook, something that will give you somewhere to project your energy on elsewhere will take you out of some of the panic attack. You know, it's very important to understand, you know, Albert Ellis's rational emotive behavioral therapy is uh, described in, in a popular book. It's called the three-minute therapy. And three-minute therapy, it basically helps sufferers successfully uh, work through a two-stage process for long-term relief. And what they do is they target the, the panic-creating musts in our mind. And the first step consists of the sufferer recognizing the musts must, but not preferences that are totally false. Although you, uh, so I must, uh, I must feel normal. I must feel like I don't have feelings of a panic attack. I must not accept the fact that this is happening. You know, the musts are giving you a place that is very extreme and they're very scary because they can't be met in a, in a panic attack. And although it would uh, prove uh, great to uh, upset your, not upset yourself, but being human and imperfect, you will some of the time. And, you know, in a worst case scenario, you will lose control, go crazy and, and uh, be profoundly sad. But if it happens, it happens. And, and worrying about it is not the cure. And then you want to convince yourself of the truth of those insights. You know, are these musts that I'm laying on myself? Are these things that I'm saying I have to be? during a panic attack, are they logical? 
are they in accept, uh, not accepting the fact that we're human beings? You know, it's important to know that we are human. And so we have to become falling back on luggage. And, and we want to be persuasive with ourselves and confront the fear feelings and identify the fear feelings and then go after them and ask how realistic they really are. Because fear feelings are only there as a reaction to the past or projections of the future. Now, panic attacks and heart attacks can feel very familiar. Once again, we talk about shortness of breath, palpitations, chest pain, dizziness, vertigo, feelings of unreality, numbness, sweating, fainting, trembling. Uh, Some people describe it as feeling as if they're losing control or they're about to die. And so it's spontaneous or a stressful event. All of this can trigger it. And it poses no immediate danger. And that's what you have to keep reminding yourself. There is no immediate danger. The only job you have to do is to calm down, accept the fact it's there, and try to move through it. You know, a heart attack is dangerous. And it requires a lot of medical attention. And women, heart disease symptoms are sometimes mistaken for a panic attack. But, uh, you know, panic disorder is diagnosed in people who experience panic attacks and are preoccupied with the fear of a recurring attack. And like all anxiety disorder, it's treatable. So someone who has a heart attack and also has panic attacks together, uh, they want to have a good working uh, work with their physician and also with a psychologist or a therapist Very and have them work together. So that both can understand what each other's doing so they can, symph- uh, you know, synchronate what their treatment strategy is together so they can possibly help you in every possible way. You know, you do not want to have panic disorders with a heart disease if you can help it. And so the first thing is, is you want to be able to get control of your physical body. You want to learn how your brain and your body work together, how your body responds to things. What are your biggest fears? What are your biggest triggers? And then you want to psychologically understand them and find comfort in them and understanding that they're always going to be there. It's really just how you're looking at them. You know, if you're going to stare at somebody and look at them as a bad person, you're only going to characterize them as a bad person. You're never going to look at the good in them. You know, so that's oftentimes our perceptions are the biggest trigger uh, to what causes uh, panic attacks is how we perceive life, how we perceive things. And also, there's a lot of research that suggests that people who have received the diagnosis of panic attacks uh, or panic disorder under the age of 50 have an increased of development of heart disease or suffering from a heart attack. And so, you know, these studies are not definitive, but uh, the reasons for increased heart disease and heart attack is not established, but the guesses are that the panic disorder exacerbates the heartbeat and pushes it beyond its ability. And so if the person doesn't work out or doesn't really uh, do much exercise, the heart is not going to tolerate a panic attack as well as, and and damage could actually happen um, unless that person does have some good form of regimen of exercising. So the biggest thing in life is to understand that stress will kill you. Stress is a big trigger of those genes that are predispositioned for your exit strategy from life. If you have a heart disease or you have cancer, um, whatever you're predispositioned for, That stress gene is going to turn on and it's going to move you towards that final exit. And that final exit is basically uh, 
the uh, the panic attack is exacerbating it because once again the brain just says hey i've had enough it triggers that gene to turn on and turn on whatever that disorder is to get you out of this life and so we don't want to play around with panic attacks or panic disorder they're very serious but also they're very 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 treatable you know there's a lot of surveys that uh, once again that it's more common in women than men and um you know, there's a, 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 a morbidity also included in all that, which is depression, panic disorder, general anxiety, um, and all of that exists in a national sample in the greatest majority of the people with a panic disorder. And it's also 2.5 times more prevalent in women and men, and that's according to a, a, a Eaton uh, NCS data uh, panic disorder survey. And in gender differences, there appears to be an increase in age. For example, the prevalence rate of panic disorder for women is ages uh, 15 to 24 is uh, 2.5% compared to 1.3 at the same age for men. And for older women and men, the overall rates drop, but the difference between genders appears to grow. And among women 35 to 44 the, the rate of the panic disorder is 2.1% compared to 0.6 among the same age women. So women uh, tend to have a lot more fear and uh, for some reason, and not that men don't, but they also are more pervasive to having panic attacks. We're going to go into some of those uh, explanations and understanding and statistics, and then we're going to move on into therapy, managing, and, and being constructive about panic attacks and how we can help ourselves. Come back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. We all experience grief and loss. It's not something most people like to talk about, but these topics do need to be discussed. On Let's Talk About Grief, host Addie Anderson speaks to both professionals and individuals about grief, death, and personal loss. You'll hear the important topics, the personal and professional outlooks, and learn how to prepare yourself and loved ones when the need arises. Listen Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. 
We all have the inner ability to use the gifts within ourselves to serve ourselves, our families, loved ones, and our communities. Once you have discovered these gifts and talents, you can promote harmony, peace, and hope. To find out how to harness your own gifts and talents, tune in to Get Ready. Get ready for your breakthrough with host Felicia A. Hill, live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen and share with others. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about panic attacks and how they're debilitating and how to treat them. You know, there's uh, you have to look at a, a sense of what insecurity is all about. And insecurity is where we, we know what our vulnerabilities are and we're afraid that people will point them out. I mean, we all often feel, uh, you know, sometimes uh, weak or we feel inadequate because we may be in an environment that we're not good at. And uh, what may happen or is very foreign to us. And so what may happen is we form a sense of anxiety from that because we don't feel in our comfort zone. We don't feel like we're in a place where we're accepted. And if we've gone through a long life of not being accepted by other people, uh, the anxiety and insecurity that comes out of that can really drive a lot of what people experience in panic disorders and panic attacks. And so what's important is we understand that we're not nearly as important as we think we are. (laughs) And that people don't think about us that much. (laughs) And that... um, the biggest thing is, if we're going to have a bad moment, we're going to have a bad moment, but not a lot of people are, are going to know how dramatic that bad moment is, that panic attack is, uh, for you, because they don't see what's really going on inside of you. Um, many people just want to help or understand because they've had it themselves. And so, we intend, people that are insecure tend to lack empathy for themselves, and so they ser- seek security somewhere else and so the deal is you need to have empathy for yourself by accepting that all of us have some insecurities in life some times we have panic attacks sometimes we have high anxiety sometimes we have depression we all experience those things some people more pervasive than others and that's what it takes to be human the deal is is how do you deal with it and that's the biggest most important part now here's another audience of people who get uh, a lot of panic disorder and panic attacks in their life. And this is the premenstrual hormonal fluctuations 
that uh, create a panic disorder in women. Uh, women's body, as they go into that premenstrual uh, and postmenstrual uh, uh, hormonal uh, part of your body, where you're moving into you're moving into the form of life where you no longer have your menstrual cycle. Those kind of things are big changes in the body. And those, those menstrual cycles, the premenstrual and the postmenstrual, can be crazy makers for women because their body is suddenly changing and they don't know why. They don't know where it came from. They have no idea of what's going on. And so what they have to understand is panic disorders come, especially the, the, heart, the heat, you know, the heat waves that come through and the, the, the sweating and, and the general panic response that, that women have during a postmenstrual cycle is huge. It's huge. And so that is a, a big biological aspect of what people go through. Once again, if you can just accept you're in the premenstrual, the young, very young uh, girl moving into her menstrual cycle or the postmenstrual where you're leaving your menstrual cycle, that those those parts of, of life, you know, are going to be very scary because once again, you don't know where everything's coming from and you don't know where everything's going. You don't know what's going on, but you feel a sense of being out of control. You know, you have to also accept the fact that millions of people struggle with panic attacks every day. And these can be very scary and your heartbeat may go out of control. Your mind's going to race, but the world can feel like, and the world just may feel like it's spinning out of focus. But but the physical sensations are so strong, you may worry you're, you're dying or something. But these symptoms can be similar to, uh, once again, maybe an undiagnosed thyroid problem or a cardiac disease. So you always want to seek help. You always want to get the medical part out of the way before we go into the mental aspect. Moving through, getting your answers on the physical side is important. And if the answer is it's just psychological, don't look at yourself as a failed person. It means that you have higher or pre genetic predisposition or maybe you have a thyroid condition or maybe you have a heart condition, whatever it is. But the deal is, is that something is going on and your, your brain needs to begin to learn how to think about it. And the more the brain leaves the black and white thinking of fight or flight and moves into the gray area of life comes with these kind of things, then you're being able to be resilient and move through it. So you want to roll with the waves. You know, panic attacks often come in waves of, of tingling sensations, dizziness, shortness of breath, racing thoughts. So you want to make these feelings stop. If you're going to try to make the feelings stop by telling yourselves to just snap out of it, this is going to cause you to end up in that panic attack much longer than you ever wanted it to be. And it will also be more severe. So it's, I know it's counterintuitive, but taking the time to, to observe your anxious sensations and write out the experience can often be a very helpful way to take control of the scariness of an attack. So when you begin to feel uh, panic sensations, try uh, to shut them out and visualize each feeling as a wave that you're riding until it comes to rest on the shore. And anticipate the wave passing and becoming less and less intense as it crests. And remind yourself that just because you might feel like you may drown beneath the wave, it doesn't mean you can't swim. You know, so anchor yourself. You know, panic attacks make you feel out of control. So one way to counter that 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 out of body feeling is to connect with your body, and, and uh, try to go back to the tangible world. 
you know, try to full body breathing. Breathe in deeply through your nose. Imagine your whole body filling up with air and then make your mouth small like you were like exhaling through a straw. Slowly exhale through your mouth until you feel like all the air is completely emptied out from your body. And then you repeat that about 10 times and notice any changes in your heart rate and your body tension. And once you're comfortable with this kind of breathing, use it during a panic attack to slow the heart rate and then calm down. You know, there's other ways of anchoring yourself during uh, an attack. Uh, rubbing of, of your hands or bare feet on a surface such as a, a chair, a couch, a rug. The, the sensation helps bring your focus out of your mind and into the physical world. And so uh, it, it basically, it, it's, it's, it's similar to putting an ice cube in a paper towel and squeezing it as hard as you can in one hand until you feel the coldness and the discomfort, and then you switch hands. You know, that's an ulterior stimulation. And by being able to focus on a physical stimulation, you're taking yourself out of your mental. You're taking energy from your mental energy driving into that panic attack. And these practices draw awareness of your body. You also want to engage your brain. You know, it's, the panic attack is very emotional, and it's coming from your brain. And it's basically hijacked the controls. The stress hormones flood into your brain. They put your body in a survival mode. And all those, this, uh, you know, helped our ancestors survive. Uh, if they're being chased, you know, by a woolly mammoth, uh, you know, it oftentimes can misfire. So there doesn't have to be a clue or a cue that, that makes it happen. Also, our subconscious thinking can also remind us of events that may have been traumatic in our childhood. You know, maybe there was a molestation of sex something or whatever. And then during certain episodes or certain types of situations, your brain subconsciously registers that scenario that was traumatic when you were a child. And then it comes out in your subconscious as a panic attack. You know, if you're going to feel a panic attack coming on, use your thinking brain to talk yourself through it. Verbal reasoning helps you label and understand the sensations as a passing, although painful, problem in your system rather than a sign that you're going crazy. You're just dealing with, uh, it's called defensive driving. <laughs> you can't control the people you're driving with, but they can sure get you into a lot of trouble. So as you're moving through life, don't expect everybody to be good drivers. So, you know, your brain's not always going to be good to you. Your brain is going to react and it's going to do things that are going to make you feel life, like you're out of control. You know, um, if you look at the pe many people with pan uh, panic disorder show situational avoidance and they, they have that associated with the panic attacks. And so, you know, you might have a panic attack so that they fear driving. They start avoiding driving until they develop an actual phobia towards driving. And in worst case scenarios, people with panic disorder uh, basically develop a uh, fear of going outdoors, which is agoraphobia. And they believe that staying inside, they can avoid all situations that might provoke an attack and where they might need, need not be able to get help. And so the fear of an attack is so debilitating that they prefer to spend their lives locked inside their homes. Even if you develop... Uh, don't develop the phobias, the quality of your life can be really damaged by untreated panic disorder. You know, the panic disorders are more prone to alcohol, drug use, have greater risk of attempting suicide, spend more time in the hospital, emergency rooms. God forbid they don't have good insurance. 
uh, and not and they have high deductibles. That's a horrible thing. You know, if you know you have panic disorder, the best thing you can possibly do is get the best possible insurance so that you don't end up spending hundreds of thousands or thousands of dollars on your medical finding out that you only have a psychological issue. Spend less time, uh, you know, they, they spend less time on things they enjoy like hobbies and sports and satisfying activities. They tend to be very financially dependent on other people. And they report feeling emotionally and physically less healthy than non-sufferers. And they're afraid of, of driving more than a few miles away from home. Um, so this has a huge, huge economic impact on them. Huge economic impact. Because working, they're afraid to work. Because they're afraid of conflict or they're afraid of having the panic attack. And the pressure that's put on their partner is enormous because now they have to produce and if they're healthy, you know, hopefully they're healthy, uh, they're able to sustain a, a life that both can live. But the biggest deal is, is that people with panic disorder is crippling. And so it's important for them to seek help. You know, most specialists agree that cognitive and behavioral therapies are the best treatment. Medication might be helpful. You know, the per- first part of the therapy is largely informational. And they really, they get a lot of help by understanding exactly what the panic attack's all about. And then they want to change their way of thinking. And that's where the cognitive therapy can help. And, and they, they identify the triggers. And they take on those triggers and they rethink them. And they learn how to re-perceive those triggers. And then they can also behaviorally begin to expose themselves slowly it's called systematic desensitization to cure the phobias in which have debilitated their lives. But once again, don't be afraid of anti-anxiety medications or antidepressants because those can help you. Those really truly can help you calm down. So what are some of the dual diagnoses? Well, panic disorder is obviously uh, driven with if a person has generalized anxiety disorder obsessive-compulsive disorder, phobias, social anxiety, post-traumatic stress, or all of the above can contribute to the panic uh, disorder. Most of the time, these people just expect danger, danger, danger. All right. That's our show. I want to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you. DRGBMFT at at SBCGlobal.net. Our next show is Feeling Empty. Um. I'm currently scheduling speaking and teaching engagements and conducting coaching for marriage, pre-marriage and individuals in person or over Skype. So please contact me if you'd like to book a time. And that's www.drgbmft.com. Now remember, real friends are like boobs. Some are big, some are small, some are real, and some are fake. Now if you're prejudiced, if you just hate everyone equally, you're in a lot better position. And as we come into the holidays, we have to understand the real reason Santa is so jolly is because he knows where all the bad girls are. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you.